With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world. On the iHeartRadio app, my name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. We're going to talk a lot about the Palmetto Bowl being canceled. A cowardice move by the SEC. It's one way to look at it. Anyway, we'll get into that momentarily. But first, out to the hotline we go this afternoon. We welcome in from collegetalking.com. Uh, Mr. Aiden Thomas, of course, he uh, covers the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. It has been a busy week in like 10 days or whatever it is for you, sir, with uh, Notre Dame joining the ACC. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what is going on on the Notre Dame front and how, uh, from I'm sure your social media feed, how the uh, the fan base is is taking their move to the ACC. Yeah, Rob. Uh, first off, appreciate you having me on. And as for what's going on with Notre Dame, it's been pretty crazy. I mean, just from just the entire move came pretty quickly from the announcement that we'd be doing all to 10 or 11 games with the ACC to actually joining the conference, being eligible for the championship. The the reaction from the fan base is pretty mixed. Most most people understand that it's a one year deal and that it's necessary uh, to make the football season work this year. But there's definitely there's it's been an interesting mix of people who are kind of intrigued by the idea of joining a conference finally, playing for a championship. And people, uh, you'll see a lot of the traditionalists still, you know, very against the idea and really hoping it doesn't turn into something long term for them. You know, I, I think um, under, and I'm not trying to speak for Commissioner Swafford, but it seems like he jumped in, you know, full belly with this thing. Like if you were, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of wrap up our sum- trying to wrap up our summer here. If you have the opportunity to go swimming, it was almost like a big belly flop. Hey, we want Notre Dame in. It's almost like he's planting the seed just a little bit. And he's the adage is, yes, Notre Dame will come into the conference for the one year, and maybe they'll have a great experience and and possibly stay. Is that is that a pipe dream? That uh, I mean, because under my logic, I think that Notre Dame is going to come in, do the year, say thank you very much, uh, and move about their merry way with football. So I don't think it's necessarily a pipe dream. I think. You know, it's it might not be right away. I don't think Notre Dame will necessarily stick it. You know, go back twenty twenty one and be in the ACC again. But I do think whether it's joining the ACC long term or some other benefit, Notre Dame is the type of program that's going to forget that the ACC helped them out in twenty twenty during this very unusual situation. You know, they have a history of of working with programs and uh, teams that have helped them out before and working to return the favor. So it's not necessarily that Notre Dame is just kind of going to be like. All right, thanks for helping us, and we're, we're going to move out now. So I wouldn't. I'm not sure if they'll join long term. I know that that could be discussed, and again, it'll be very interesting to see how the season goes because you know you can't 
you can't hate what you haven't ha- had before. So it'll be very curious once Notre Dame gets that taste, if they make a run at the ACC championship or at least to the ACC championship game, you know, is that something that they realize this helps us a lot? You know, it, it could be interesting to see. I think if I'm uh, Swafford right now, I'm kind of eyeing, eyeing like 20, 2026 or 20, after 2025 when the NBC contract is up because I think uh, Notre Dame would be more willing to enter into some discussions at that point. Well, but in in Swafford's, uh, in Swafford's corner, I mean, it's his swan song. He's retiring. I, I mean, I, yeah. I have the mentality of with with Swafford that he cares more about the North Carolina Duke basketball game than he cares about football. I think that the ACC could be a much better conference if they had someone that ran the conference that truly cared about football. And I think the triangle of universities up in North Carolina with, you know, North Carolina Duke and, and NC State and all that, they I think they're more focused on on basketball than football, in my opinion. And I don't think that anyone's ever going to get to a point where they can say, look, this is the SEC, and you know they're going to be able to compete at that same level top to bottom. But I think if someone was there that had a little bit more of, yeah, football's not a secondary sport, because I kind of think that's how they feel, I think the ACC would be a lot better off. But 2025-2026, getting Notre Dame into the conference could theoretically help the ACC a little bit. But um, heading into this season, though, I think that the Irish come in, and I think they may be the second or third best team heading into the league uh, right now. That's a heck of a start there when you first head into a conference. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I mean, I think obviously Clemson's the number one favorite. I think there's a few different dark horses. UNC is definitely going to be good. I would still, at the outset, until I've seen the teams play, I'm taking kind of Notre Dame's experience level, having, you know, Ian Bucks a little bit more experience. I honestly think he's a little bit better than Sam Howell. And I think Notre Dame's just a little bit more well-rounded. So I'd probably take them into the Tar Heels as my third-best team. But, yeah, no, Notre Dame's definitely coming into position. And I think this is probably the, you know, if I'm thinking about it, it's maybe this conference – it would probably be the SEC and the Big Ten. They probably couldn't join and be favorites to make the conference championship. And I think right now, I think the odds were released yesterday that Notre Dame has the second-best odds to win the ACC. So I think it's a good situation for both sides. And that the ACC is definitely going to benefit from Notre Dame's presence. And Notre Dame is going to be in a good situation to compete, uh, if not for a playoff berth, then for an Orange Bowl bid. You know, the other interesting concept with that is that the idea of an ACC championship game with Clemson and Notre Dame in it, uh, I think didn't you post the numbers uh, somewhere in, in, in some social media setting where uh, the the numbers for the Virginia game last year with Clemson were one of the all time lows in in uh, conference title game histories. Uh, there would definitely be a lot of the window dressing there if you've got Clemson and Notre Dame in Charlotte, and let's say one of the teams is ten and zero and one of them's nine and one, with the only loss being to the other team. That is some made-for-TV drama right there that uh, could attract a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, absolutely. And I did I did write an article about that the other day, and that could be a huge benefit for the ACC if Notre Dame comes in and competes and wins and gets to the ACC championship. Because, yeah, last year uh, the, the ACC championship was the least-viewed Power 5 conference championship, and it actually, I think it beat the AAC title game by less it was it was not a large amount. It was it was pretty close between them and the AAC. Well, and the, the, matchup wasn't, the matchup wasn't that good. I mean let, let's just be honest. Everybody knew going exactly. into that game Clemson was a seventeen point favorite in the conference championship game. I'm not taking anything away from Virginia. Those young men uh, showed up, played hard, but 
Clemson just had more horses. So, uh, and to be honest, I don't know if, if Clemson and Notre Dame get together. If I think Clemson's the more talented team, I don't think they're going to win 62 to 20 or whatever it was for uh, Virginia last year. But I do think, at least for the start of that game, uh, people are going to tune in because they want to see that matchup, especially um, if it's a, a rematch of, of an earlier game in the season. Yeah, exactly. I think I think the two major things would be. I mean, one of those names in there, you've got you know kind of the more national brand audience than you would get with you know UVA or UNC, both of which are more traditional basketball schools. And so for those names, you're going to get you know more viewers just based on the fact that you've got a, a, a program that prioritizes football in the championship. And if that regular season game between Clemson and Notre Dame turns out to be a very close matchup. You know, then that's going to attract all the more people who just want to see good football. Because if you know Clemson goes in the South Bend and wins on a field goal, or you know maybe somehow Notre Dame holds a home upset, so regardless, if that's a close, tight game, and then there's a rematch of the championship with a college football playoff on the line, I mean that's going to get prime time, prime time TV, and just major eyeballs across the country. All right, let's step uh, onto the other side for just a second here, and we'll talk a little bit about the SEC with their big announcement and saying, hey, we're just going to play 10 conference games, uh, eliminating a lot of rivalry matchups. And, of course, we're going to talk a little bit later on about the Palmetto Bowl and how it's doomed because of the folks with the SEC. But with Notre Dame, I mean, I don't know. First of all, I'm not sure that the 11th game out of conference that the ACC is proposing is going to happen now because of what the other conferences are doing. But with Notre Dame on that front, I, the idea was to play Arkansas if I'm if I'm close because I think they were on the schedule anyway because you can't play Stanford because of the stuff with the Pac-12. Now you got to figure out who's going to want to come to Notre Dame and play Notre Dame. That's going to be interesting as well, right? Yeah, so definitely um, Arkansas and Navy were our two biggest options. Western Michigan technically still is up in camp. I doubt that that's going to be the one that happens. Uh, Navy and Notre Dame have both expressed a lot of interest in keeping their rivalry series going. Um, right now, it's you know it's 92 or 93 years running, and so there's definitely a lot of motivation to make that happen. There's a possibility, depending on how it works, if Navy could move it to. I mean, all of Navy's you know home games against Notre Dame are usually on neutral sites. So if they can move it into the home of an ACC state, which is within the conference guidelines right now, that game could still potentially happen, or maybe could come to Notre Dame. So that's Notre Dame's biggest hope. I do have doubts that that 11th game is going to get played at all, just because I think the ACC announced the out-of-conference game in the hope of maintaining the rivalry games, the Palmetto Bowl, uh, the Georgia-Georgia Tech, Florida-FSU, and those, you know, the Kentucky-Louisville. So those are the, the major rivalry games to that they want to keep on the schedule. Yeah. And I think that from like a, you know, where they stand as a football conference, they had a lot more to lose if they canceled those rather than the SEC canceling them. Right. Uh, so I think that was kind of why they put that initial, you know, 10 plus one format. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them roll that format back now that the SEC has made their announcement. I, I think that's probably going to happen as well. And I, I, the whole thing with that was interesting was it had to be played in the state of of the home school so that i mean convincing someone to come to notre dame you know is is interesting to say the least so we'll see how how that works out and, and along the way but uh you know the more and more i look at it and especially with the stuff that's been happening with the coronavirus uh the buffalo bills sent uh five rookies home their training camp is now being done remotely 
I mean, just a laundry list of stuff. Major League Baseball is canceling games left and right. The only model that seems to be working is what the UFC has done where they bought an island and what the NBA has done where they've taken over Disney World and made a bubble. You can't really do that in college football. I mean, as of right now, the last day of July, the outlook just doesn't look very bright in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely means there's not a lot of room to be positive right now. I think, and again, it depends. Everything has changed, you know, extremely fast. And there's a timeline and everything else with COVID. I do think there's, you know, there is some possibilities of making it work. The MLS has done a pretty good job, and they're uh, in maintaining a safe environment for their players. Uh, obviously, like you said, the bubble formats have worked the best. That's not as much of an option. You know, I feel like there might be a way to make it, you know, make it kind of like a quasi-bubble work, but it's still, you can't take the players off of campus for that long, obviously, uh, for like an entire season. And so, yeah, the outlook is not great, but I think just given how fast everything has changed, it's a little too early to necessarily, you know, uh, call, it, call it off right now. Yeah, I'm not in the camp of saying, hey, things aren't going to happen yet, but just judging by what I've seen, and when you get a bunch of people together in one spot, that's kind of when the uh, the the numbers seem to jack up. And, you know, a football team has 105 members on it, and they're all pretty much close together. It's, man, I just, it's just, uh, people are going to have to pay attention and, and really follow the rules if we're going to have any sort of season. Yeah, absolutely. I would uh I would definitely agree with that. I just it's gonna be I mean, everyone's gonna have to do their part and it's you know, it's it's hard to say right now exactly what's gonna be necessary what um the NCAA, what college football needs to see happen to have fall sports. You know, it would just be such a you know, I could see them potentially trying to delay it to the spring. I think that's not obviously definitely not a good option. Just the idea that it really puts them in a corner of having to make it happen in the spring or else they're just going to have lost an entire season, which, I mean, so many programs just cannot recover from that financially. And so, you know, obviously a decision has to be made. I, if I had to guess, I think they'll try to start the season. I don't know if the odds of them finishing it are going to go um, – are very high. But, you know, there's still just so much to figure out on that end. Uh, there definitely is a lot to uh, to work out. And, of course, you're going to be following the path of, uh, of Notre Dame this season. And um, we look forward to having you back on with us in the future, man, because um, with the Irish being in the ACC now, I mean, that, that is a, a huge, huge story. And how – how that fan base and the, and and the team are going to do is is one of the going to be one of the more fascinating stories in college football. Uh, my last question for you though is: We talked about Notre Dame finishing in the top of the ACC. Man, it kind of takes the shine off of them if they stumble a little bit, and let's say that they finish outside looking in, and a team like North Carolina jumps up and they head to Charlotte. Yeah, that uh, definitely as a Notre Dame fan, you really don't want to see that happen. That uh, drops Notre Dame's uh, leverage a little bit. I mean, Notre Dame's always going to have some form of leverage, especially while they have this NBC contract and just the general revenue they bring in. But yeah, in terms of uh, their legitimacy as a playoff contender, as a team that could jump into a conference and immediately be one of the top teams, to not finish in the top two in the ACC would be 
definitely not be a good look for them for them as a program. You know, coming off of three straight ten win seasons, there's no other established power besides Clemson in the conference. It yeah, it would be a it would not be good for the Irish to not make the championship game this year. So it's definitely kind of all or nothing on that end, I think. Yeah, I agree with you on that. We'll see how Notre Dame does uh, throughout the season. By the way, folks need to check out your website, collegetalking.com. You have a full preview of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, I read some of that last night. Good stuff there. And you have your uh, all-time simulation games where I can't remember how far you go back, but uh, I think Clemson is still in the mix. Uh, The 2018 team is still in the mix to win the whole thing, if I'm correct. Yes, the 28 were through four rounds. The 2016 team made it to the fourth round and lost. The 2018, 2018 team is three and one right now. So they're in the losers bracket, but they're still alive. Well, but the, this the, the teams that you're doing the simulation against are uh, like LSU from last year. I mean, it is a, a a mega slot of teams, and we're trying to figure out which team would uh, would do the best. You know, LSU fans are going to tell you up front, "Oh, we're the absolute best team ever," but. That LSU team's sitting in the loser's bracket as well right now. Yep, they just lost to uh, 2012 Alabama, which was certainly not a, a popular result. And that's why you know, I'm doing the simulation, so I don't decide. I'm not doing this by a vote because recency bias will play a factor if I do a vote. You know, if I just, you know, if somebody gets a voting campaign going for one team. So I wanted to do the simulation, keep it as neutral as possible. There's not a single Notre Dame team in the in the mix, so you know, there's nothing for me to really. You know, there's really no way I can rig anything in my favor, in the uh, Notre Dame favor. So, yeah, just kind of doing doing it for fun. You know, so I'm going to get your football fix in uh, while we wait for, uh, or hopefully wait for the season to start. So, yeah, we got uh, a couple rounds left, and then we'll be heading into a championship series. Uh, so it'll be pretty fun to finish up. CollegeTalking.com is the website. Go and check that out. Aiden does some great work, including that preview of South Carolina. You might learn something. All right, Aiden, folks can follow you on Twitter. Where? Uh, At college underscore talking. At college underscore talking, man. Thanks so much for joining us on the program. I appreciate it, Rob. Thanks for having me on. More of the rundown in just a moment. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back into the rundown. Appreciate Aiden Thomas joining us. Talking a little bit about Notre Dame and – being in the uh, the ACC, so we appreciate that. Also, um, we've had a lot of great guests on this week, but this week has been like one of the busiest sports weeks as far as college on the college front. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how things shake out. And by the way, uh, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I said it yesterday. Tim Frisbee agreed with me the former Gamecock, the reason that we do not have the Palmetto Bowl and both fans should be up, both sets of fan bases should be upset by this is because of the SEC. Okay, all of your hate tweets and all of the complaining that you're doing, you can, uh, you can send to at SEC. They are the ones that have this uh, in the mix there, and it's their fault. They're the reason that we don't have the Palmetto Bowl this year. It has nothing to do with, with the ACC. They put out a plan that would work. Both schools put out plan or wanted this game to happen. And you also had the only school that voted against what the SEC was going to do yesterday or, or what they uh, implemented yesterday was South Carolina. 
That was the only school. So it's not an issue of the Gamecocks didn't want to play Clemson. It wasn't an issue of Clemson didn't want to play the Gamecocks. It was a bunch of people in Birmingham, the people that are out there protecting the LSUs, the Auburns, the Alabamas of the world who don't have a non-conference opponent that they can play, and they have to figure out who they could play. And if they actually scheduled anybody that was worth a lick of salt, then they may lose that game. And then if they lose that non-conference game, then all of a sudden the idea of being in the CFP doesn't work and the SEC doesn't have their team there. This isn't the BCS, by the way, which was written by the, by the SEC to continue to uh, have them as the lead dog at the head of the table. If the SEC allowed this to happen, then basically what, what that means is if they drop those games, let's say LSU played Texas, okay? just in a roundabout front. We'll use that game as an example. I don't think Texas could beat LSU this year, but let's say that they did. And LSU rolls through the season, and they finish 10-1. and The one loss is to Texas. What happens if Texas is undefeated? What? Yeah, it's not that far-fetched. So now you're looking at it from this perspective if you're the college football playoff committee. If you have an undefeated Ohio State team, an undefeated Oregon team, an undefeated Texas team and an undefeated Clemson team, which could theoretically happen. And then you have LSU that sits there as the SEC champion. You think that in the college football playoff room, they're going to look at LSU, which is the example that I'm using here in this big uh, vacuum that I put together. You think they're going to put LSU into the college football playoff when you have four other undefeated teams from the Power Five conferences? I say no. That's what the SEC was shielding. That's what they don't want. Now, they'll tell you that, well, what happens if LSU goes, they win that non-conference game, but then they lose to Alabama? It could be that, too. And that's the, that's the rock they're going to lean on pretty heavily. We have the best conference in the world. You'll hear that over and over and over again. Just ask any SEC fan. It's pretty comical. I come from the land of you don't cheer on a conference. You cheer on a team. That doesn't work with the SEC folks, though. I mean, you've heard the chant. It just means more SEC, SEC. There are a ton of SEC apologists, including Tim Frisbee, who I had on yesterday. And Tim Frisbee's a smart guy. It's not, like, it's not like he's just some guy that casually follows. I mean, he lives and breathes college football, played college football, knows lots about the game. But the reality is, is that when it comes down to it, he, he'll tell you the SEC is the best ever top to bottom. Won't even, won't even entertain the idea that another conference is better. I feel bad, though, for these rivalry games that are going to go away. We mentioned, of course, the Palmetto Bowl and how that, that's gone away. But Kentucky-Louisville, that's a big deal. Georgia-Georgia Tech, Florida-Florida State. Yeah, big-time matchups. Big-time matchups. I think we all can agree on something, though. 2020 has been the worst year of sports ever. And by the way, it's just getting worse. Major League Baseball's bubble, or their games are, I think they've got like, 
what, six teams that have issues now, something like that. It's just a mess, an absolute mess. And you know what? As far as the SEC goes and the way that they put their schedule, there really isn't anything you can do about it. I, I love people that have put stuff online, though. They're like, hey, maybe uh, Clemson and South Carolina can meet up at, like, Newberry's Field or something and just play one Saturday morning. You want to talk about some craziness. That would be hilarious. On the other front, too, if you're Clemson now and you, you don't have to play this non-conference game, I mean, are they going to schedule this as like an exhibition? I mean, that's what some people have been talking about. I don't think that's going to work either. So with that, you lose the Palmetto Bowl, and it's pretty sad. And by the way, with the SEC championship game theoretically being scheduled for December the 19th, with the two bye weeks, normally Thanksgiving is kind of a wrap-up of the football season, but it's not going to be. We probably won't even... I, I venture to say within the ACC, they may not have a, a clear-cut champion yet. That's, that's facts. We'd love to take your calls on the suspension of the Palmetto Bowl. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Some comments from my Twitter and Facebook feed that I saved over the last 24 hours. You can't beat Clemson, or you can't lose to Clemson if you don't schedule Clemson. Thanks, thanks to someone for sending me that. Also, from several people, the streak is over for Clemson. Got to love the fans that think that. What a mess that is. No, the streak is not over. It's the last amount of times you've played. It's not the consecutive years. So stop with that nonsense. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway, we'd love to take your calls on the Palmetto Bowl at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call if you want to join us on the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Appreciate you checking us out as always. Uh, don't forget, Tom Jones will be streaming here in just a moment. We always have the Tom Jones segment on Friday. Uh, we always have the Tom Jones segment on Friday. Um, people get upset if I forget the Tom Jones thing, which is kind of funny. But we'll have Tom Jones for you. Well, Tom Jones Friday here on the rundown. In addition to that, some other stories that we're looking at here. Cam Newton begins his workouts with the Patriots. Uh, several other little things that are kind of out there. Um, Harvey Updike has passed away. If you don't know who that is, well, uh, you should remember that. Some folks will be like, who is that? Yeah. Uh, Harvey Updike passed away. One of the 
the biggest fans in history, in my opinion, even though what he did was pretty sad. Pretty sad. One CFB analyst has um, predicted the SEC's 2020 standings. We'll go over that when we come back. This is, of course, from Phil Steele. Where does he put the Gamecocks? Well, we'll find out when we come back from our break here in just a moment. Also, he lays out his picks for the SEC West, and it's going to upset some folks. Let's just leave it at that, especially if you're on the uh, the front of Auburn and LSU, where he's got those two teams picked. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Of course, you can respond at 803-978-1832. You can watch on Facebook Live. You can also download the um, the iHeartRadio app and catch us there. Also on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. So however you want to get involved with the show, have at it. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. This is The Rundown. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to the rundown. Shout out to John who called us during the break. Uh, his big question was, where will the next game between South Carolina and Clemson be played in 2021? Logic says that it should be at Clemson because that's where this year's game was supposed to go. But on the other side of it, they, I don't know, if I, I, you know what? I should ask Teddy Hefner about that. He's been around for long enough that he would know this. I don't know if they schedule. I think they schedule those games year by year. It's just kind of an unsaid understanding that South Carolina is going to play Clemson. But I don't know if they do it where, hey, you know, this year it's supposed to be here. That year it's supposed to be there. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I would think if I were going to you know, be in that room and have that discussion, I would say, hey, it's the next matchup supposed to be at Death Valley. That's where it should be. I don't know. Flip a coin at this juncture. I think fans would go and, and travel to, we talked about them having a game at Newberry. I think fans would travel anywhere to watch that game now, now that there's the thought of that it might be gone. That, my friends, is once again... We use this term a lot on this show. Uh, it's a gong show, and it's a mess. I think the one thing that bothers me about all of this is, and a lot of people have said this, it's okay for South Carolina to travel to LSU, but apparently not to take a bus trip to Clemson. It's okay for Clemson to uh, take a trip to Notre Dame and play at Notre Dame, but in the eyes of some, not play. Well, actually, it, the ACC doesn't care. They have that one extra con, a non-con game there. So it's all the SEC teams. South Carolina can go to Florida. No big deal. No big deal. South Carolina can go to, uh, what? they've got a game at LSU this year. I think they've got a game at, I can't remember the rest of the Gamecock schedule. I've got it right in front of me. Look at this. They can go to Kentucky and play. They can go to Vanderbilt and play. They can go to LSU and play, but not Clemson. No, no, no. I wonder. There's a lot of pettiness between conferences, in my opinion. And I wonder if there's an adage of, you know what, the ACC dropped theirs first, 
and put it out there so that, yes, if you're in the SEC, you can uh, schedule these rivalry games if you want. And the SEC is like, wait a minute, we're not going to go by the ACC's plan. I wonder if that's happening in the big rooms out in Birmingham. They're sitting there saying, wait, we're going to do what the ACC wants to do? No. The, the, average, uh, the average fan or the average conference commissioner is probably going to be like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. We're not just going to follow along. If we do follow along, we're not going to follow along with what the ACC is going to do. I mean, let, let's, since, you know, what, 2013, the ACC has, what, three national titles? And to be completely honest, they're the one conference that can challenge the SEC as far as having relevant teams that can actually win. I mean, does that make sense? We get the whole, the whole bubble of folks from the Big Ten every year saying, you know, well, Ohio State's good and Michigan's good. Yeah, not good enough. Not when it comes time to actually get into the mix. If you, do, if you look from 2013 through uh, last season, three teams from the ACC won national titles. These are facts. Now, the SEC has won more, but I'm just saying, if you're the SEC, you kind of look at the ACC as the, the league that has teams that can compete with yours. And if you're the SEC, you don't like that. You want games where every year the college football final is, you know, LSU and Alabama, another matchup from that you've already had in the middle of the season. You want that. I think every conference would, in theory, want that. But they're just not going to get it this year. And I wonder if behind the scenes that's what they were thinking. Yeah, this isn't going to work out for us. We, we have to have our teams there. And you'll get the you'll get especially from a lot of writers and folks that cover a lot of these SEC teams about week eight of the SEC season. Every year it's the same thing. You'll see a bunch of things about well, we shouldn't even be talking about Oregon. We shouldn't even be talking about uh, having UCF anywhere near the playoffs. We shouldn't be talking about any team that has a that's not in the SEC that has a loss. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. You'll see a lot of writers write up stuff like that, and they'll start lobbying to have more SEC teams into the, into the CFP. In their mind, it's the SEC Invitational. It should always be Alabama and maybe LSU, two teams in the playoffs from that conference. That's what, there's a lot of people that feel that way. I'm for the betterment of the game as a whole where every team ha can have the opportunity to go out there and uh, possibly compete for a national title. We'll take your calls at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832. Phil Steele released his uh, order of finish for the SEC West. Uh, we'll give you those first. Leading the way, they've got Alabama at 1, Texas A&M at 2. Really? I guess they figured out that Jimbo Fisher is finally going to get it together at Texas A&M. I am not buying that bat of crazy. I, I'm a show-me kind of guy. You have to show me that you can compete. 
at a consistent level before I start thinking, oh, you're the, the second best team in the SEC West. Let's slow down a little bit. The third, uh, finishing third, they've got LSU. And I know that LSU fans think, uh, yeah, it's the, that team's going 12-0. and You don't have the, the Cowboys for that anymore, my friend. I'm sorry. Auburn at four. Ole Miss at number five. Mississippi State at six. And Arkansas at seven. I like how they have Ole Miss ahead of Mississippi State. Hmm. I think Mississippi State's going to be a better team than that, but the West is tough. But having Texas A&M that high is a little bit shocking, in my opinion. So, interesting, though. I I agree with Alabama, but I think Texas A&M is probably four. I would put them at number four. I'd have LSU at number two or three, and then I'd probably move Auburn up. I'm just I don't I don't get why everybody this offseason or this preseason is so hung up on what Texas A&M can do with Kellen Lamont and all those guys. Maybe it's the experience that they like, I don't know. I just don't see Texas A&M as like this big huge threat. I, I just but then again, last season the LSU folks will tell you, well, nobody thought Joe Burrow was a threat either, Rob which you really can't say anything about. I don't think anybody thought LSU was going to be the team that could just come in and stomp, you know? But Kellen Lamond hasn't had a season like Joe, uh, uh, like Joe Burrow had. Joe Burrow's junior year was pretty good. I don't think Kellen Lamond was, was really outstanding at any point last year. It wasn't like you were beating down the door talking about Kellen Lamond being the absolute greatest quarterback ever. At least I wasn't buying that anyway. All right, we'll take your calls. If you want to talk about the Palmetto Bowl and how upset you are about it, 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. It's a depressing day in football when uh, something like that happens, and you can uh, fans are upset. The, you know, I think even Teddy Hefner tweeted out, pass the law now, no Carolina-Clemson game. What is this? I think that's something that everybody looked forward to, and we, we're just not going to have it. And that, my friends, is sad. We'll take your calls at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. More of the rundown in just a moment. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back into the rundown. It's Fridays, ladies and gentlemen. As you're on the way home, enjoy yourself a little bit of Tom Jones. There you go. Tom Jones on a Friday here on the rundown. It is a tradition. We will head out to the phones and welcome in John. John, welcome to the show, my friend. What you got for the program today? 
Thanks, Rob. I just want to talk to you about all the Big Ten hate, and especially Ohio State. If you look at the Clemson-Ohio State game last year, Ohio State dominated them. Total stats, okay, all they that. Lost. And you know, they lost. Well, I, I know that, okay. but but I think who was it? T. Higgins or Justin Ross that fumbled that ball? Uh, it wasn't called a fumble on the field, so I don't okay. know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to call in, and you know, Ohio State did win a national title in 2015. That's great. So that's, wanted... that's the one title from the Big Ten. They're the only team other right. than the ACC and the SEC to win that uh, a, a title within the. Uh, since the 2013 window that I talked about. Look, Ohio State's the, hey. the best team from the Big Ten. And you can, we can definitely make an argument that um, that I think they're the best team from the Big Ten, but I think the drop-off after that is absurd. And what I mean by that is, is that you hear every year that Michigan is outstanding, and they're not. Correct. Yeah. You hear every, I mean, okay. let, let's be honest. Do you really think that Michigan is capable of winning a national title? They can't get past Ohio State. So, but we're Maybe fed 20 every, years ago. Yeah, but we're fed yeah. every year that Michigan is a top 15 team, and they're really not. So okay. that's, that's I'll leave you with the, this. Sure. Uh, okay. I respect the heck out of Clemson, uh, sure. but I think if they played the Big Ten schedule on the road at night, they would have two losses each year. Who do you Thanks, think bud. they would lose to? Um, at Penn State, at Michigan, at Ohio State. I mean, Minnesota possibly. All right, man. Hey, thanks for joining us on the show. I appreciate you, man. Love you, brother. Thanks, man. All right. All right to respond to John's comment there, uh, I might buy that Clemson would lose to Ohio State, okay, if they played in the Big Ten. Michigan would – Clemson would stomp Michigan into the millennium. Any, any Clemson team in the CFP era would stomp Michigan into the millennium. I mean, seriously. Now, Penn State can't seem to get out of their, their own way and get into the playoffs that it, um, anyway. But I think Clemson would do well in those games, too. They played five games on the road, uh, uh, you know, five games on the road at Penn State. I think Clemson wins at least three of them, maybe four. But the Ohio State stuff, yeah, Ohio State's a good team. But they can't get past themselves either. And the reason that you have all of this, this uh, and I know he calls it Big Ten hate, but when it comes to the college football playoff, they haven't been very good. You've got Ohio State with the one national champion. And then after that, what do you got? Not a lot. Just not a lot. 803 978 1832-803-978-1832. And by the way, Ohio State fans, especially in my uh, my Twitter feed, you've got to get over the fact that you lost that game to Clemson. You gotta move on. Move on, ladies and gentlemen. And I love and John made the comment, uh, who was it that fumbled the ball? There wasn't a fumble that was ruled, sir. We could sit here and talk about who was fumbled here and what was fumbled there. The reality is, is it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the referees thought. Both teams played with the same set of referees. And there wasn't a conspiracy to, to say, hey, we're going to get together as refs and try to put Clemson over. Come on, man. Do better than that. I still stand by what I said. Clemson would 
in the big t- and he brings up Minnesota. Really? Wow. <laughs> Appreciate you got calling, John. If you want to respond to John, 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us here on the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Of course, around the world on the iHeartRadio app, we mentioned the SEC West standings as projected by the fine folks at uh, Phil Steele from his, his fine publication. Which, by the way, I remember growing up like getting Phil Steele's book and the NCAA football game that came out from uh, EA Sports. That was like when you really got into college football and you were like, man, this is going to be awesome. Now everything's on the Internet, and it's like, huh, great, Phil Steele, awesome. (laughs) And he's not the only one putting out predictions, by the way. But still, the name that I remember growing up was what what Phil Steele thought, and it kind of gave you kind of the barometer of how the season was going to go. With that, here are his projections for the SEC East. He's got Georgia winning the East, followed by Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky at fourth, South Carolina at fifth, Mizzou at sixth, and Vanderbilt at seven. When I look at Vanderbilt, I don't know if they're going to win a conference game. They play 10 conference games. They may go 0-10. Would not shock me at all. I think Mizzou at six might be a little low. I think if Mizzou finishes six, it's because they come into South Carolina and lose. South Carolina at five is about right. Kentucky at four may end up, they may move up if they can win at Tennessee this year. But we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, but Kentucky and Tennessee could flip-flop back and forth. Now, I know the average fan is like, but Rob, it's Kentucky. Coach Stoops has uh, won my respect. He gets good players, two- and three-star guys, and turns them into great players. And he also can coach on the fly. When you watched last year's game with South Carolina when they came in here, and they weren't really that good, and then all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, he made some changes on the offense, moved Lynn J. Bowden to quarterback, and that team took off. He is the, he's one of the best coaches as far as adjustments go. And Kentucky's always got a pretty good defense under him. So I like Kentucky at third, in my opinion. Then maybe Tennessee at fourth. But I still think Florida is going to win the East. I, I, I think they have the best quarterback as far as being proven in the conference. And Kyle Trask, I, and I know folks are like, Kellen LeMond's great, but when I watched Kyle Trask play last year, especially the game against South Carolina where they're in the middle of the rain and everything else, and he methodically comes out, leads his team up and down the field in the fourth quarter, and they win that game. So that's, uh, he, he kind of won me over on that day. And I think Florida with him and, uh, and Kyle Pitts, they're going to be rock solid, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion. But also with Georgia, yeah, they've got a ton of talent, ton of talent. But when you watch Georgia, do you really feel like they're dominating anything? 
I know they, they won big over the Gators last year. I just think this is the year that Dan Mullen gets over the hump. He's a much better coach than Kirby Smart, in my opinion. This guy won in Starkville. The cows don't like living in Starkville, and this guy went down to Starkville and won games. So I think Dan Mullen is he's I think he's the best coach in the SEC East. In the West, you can you have to make the argument with Alabama with Saban and of course uh Coach Orgeron. But as far as in the East, I think he's the best coach. And I think Florida is going to uh pull out and win the whole I think they may go ten and zero in conference play. It's not that far fetched. Depending on who they add, by the way, their their schedule could get worse. I think they add, if I remember correctly, Alabama, and I think they add Alabama and Auburn. So maybe not ten and zero. We'll see. A lot of it depends on which teams get added to your schedule. By the way, I'm looking that up right now. I can't remember. Like I think it's the next two years as far as the the whole thing with who you add up next. If the, because I've got the list right here. As uh, we roll along here this afternoon on the rundown, I'm trying to get this in for you before we get out of here. I want to give you, so they already have Florida on that list. Florida has to play LSU because that's their uh, their top conference uh, team there on the other side. Oh, they get Alabama and Texas A&M. There you go for Florida. So, yeah, that would be pretty tough when you really step back and look at it. But we'll see how that works out. And, of course, we're getting to the point now where lots and lots of more decisions will be made in the next couple of weeks. I'm wondering how the ACC is going to lay out those 10 games. Two bye weeks. That'll be interesting, too. More of the rundown coming at you on Monday. We're going to try to have Coach Eric Wilson on talk a little X's and O's. We'll come back at you then. Remember, download the podcast. It'll be up about 5 o'clock. My name is Rob Sanders. I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.